everyone. Welcome to How to Live, a podcast that explores ways to live a good life. I'm your host Sharad Lal. This is episode 4. Modern day living can be stressful. Being let down by a friend, having a nasty exchange on WhatsApp, losing a client at work, all these negative events cause stress and anxiety and affect our mental health. Why does this happen and how do we deal with it? In today's episode, we meet Sid, who runs sales at a tech company. We will see how Sid deals with a stressful situation using his thought process and intellect. In the last episode, we looked at managing everyday stress through feelings and emotions. Here's a brief recap. When something negative happens, we go into an emotional state. In this state, thoughts and analysis do not work. We need to first heal the emotional wound, then in a calm balanced state we can use our intellectual and creative faculties to move forward the first step processing the negative emotions is the difficult one we discussed a mindfulness technique called noting to help with this if you have not done so already please do check out episode 3 for more details on this topic in today's episode we will explore using thinking and the intellect to manage everyday stress We lean on psychology today both to explain why we get stressed and how to process it. I know at the end of the last episode I mentioned we will take inspiration from stoicism. However, I feel the psychological concepts are more relatable and practical with the topic at hand. Sorry Phil, Webhav and others who were looking forward to stoicism. I'm a huge fan of stoicism. and we will have many more future episodes discussing this philosophy back to sid sid has been stressed for the past few months he is pitching business to a new client and really needs to convert this sale to hit his yearly target luckily a good friend is very influential in that company he reached out to him for help a month back and got reassurances of help over the past few weeks however He hasn't heard back. His mails, messages and calls have been unanswered. Then one morning when he gets into work, someone gives him the bad news. They haven't been awarded the project. Sid is distraught. He will not hit his target, not get his bonus. But what really upsets him even more is being let down by a close friend. Thinking about this is very hurtful. Sid does what he's always done. tells himself he's not going to think about this anymore put his head down bounce back and fight it out for more projects a few days later sid is awoken at night fuming with anger against his friend he can't come to terms with being snubbed by such a close friend this is a good time to introduce two relevant concepts from the world of psychology the first is thought suppression Let's try this thought experiment. Please do not think of a white polar bear. If you're like most people, chances are that an image of a white polar bear comes to mind. That's the irony psychologist Daniel Wegner and others studied. The more we try to suppress a thought, the stronger it comes back. Dr. Wegner and others conducted multiple studies on this and found that even if we try and think of other stuff, or distract ourselves with something else we may succeed briefly 
but eventually all thoughts will come rushing back. The floodgates will open. For said, pouring himself into work did not help. Nor did the kindness of Ted Lasso every night on the telly. He just could not get this thought out of his mind. The second relevant concept is rumination. Ruminating means thinking of the same thought again and again in a repetitive pattern. When something negative happens, we take one disturbing segment of that episode and keep playing it in our minds. Sid kept thinking, I've always been there for my friend, even helped him get this job. He is so selfish. I won't speak to him again. Sid kept obsessing about this same thought in a circular pattern for days, hours, weeks, like a stuck tape recorder. Dr. Susan Nolan Hoeksima, a professor at Yale, has found ruminating very common among folks going through adversity. She says this is self-defeating. It leads people to have a very negative view of the future. That's what anxiety is, a negative view of the future. So from a psychological standpoint, both thought suppression and rumination create disturbing mental chatter in our minds. Even though we may get on with life, these obsessive thoughts keep coming back and consuming us. I'm sure many of us have experienced this firsthand. Now, how do we deal with this? Firstly, there's no avoiding thoughts here. We need to face up to them. Consciously process these thoughts and the underlying emotions. Secondly, we need to get out of this circular pattern we find ourselves in. We need to take this small segment of repetitive thoughts and move it forward. We can do this by a remarkably simple but powerful tool that all of us have access to. Writing or journaling. Writing down all our thoughts. When we write, two things happen. We take everything from our heads, all the various thoughts and emotions, and put them on paper. The very act of doing this itself makes us feel lighter and reduces mental stress. Second, by writing, we are forced to move the thought forward. We cannot just sit there writing these three, four lines and repeat. From these three, four lines, we are forced to build a story forward. Psychologist Jamie Penny Baker has done extensive work on this. He calls this expressive writing. It's a form of therapy. He asks individuals to write down their deepest feelings and thoughts about a stressful event. He asks them to focus not on events or dates or facts, but on feelings and thoughts. Not bother with grammar or language. Not to censor anything, but write openly in whatever words emerge. This can be done over 2-4 to four days, typically 20-30 to 30 minutes a day. I think he does mention using a pen and paper to write, but I feel writing electronically could also work. More on this later. How does this work? When we start writing, initially the words and sentences are incoherent. Our raw thoughts are angry. Maybe we use foul language. That's fine. We don't need to correct or change words or adjust the flow. We just keep going. Whatever thoughts come to our mind, whether they are unrelated or shameful, we bring them out in the open, reflect on them, process them. Some sentences will surprise us. Some will hurt us. That's fine. 
all these thoughts and emotions are already inside our heads. We're just putting them on paper and processing them. With time, we get coherent and logical. We become calmer and make more sense. Eventually, we can explain this negative event in a very clear, coherent thought. This narrative is deep, balanced and authentic. Our mind shifts from obsessive, repetitive thoughts to a place of clarity. Our mood shifts as well, from emotionally charged to calm and centered. Sid, after pouring out all his anger, was able to understand the situation in a more balanced way. He had a big realization. His friend always maintained huge boundaries between personal and professional life. He never wanted to be seen helping a friend at work. Even though Sid was the opposite and did not quite agree with this, he was able to appreciate that his friend's decision not to help was based on principles and not malicious intent or laziness. This realization, even though it didn't change anything, helped Sid to accept the situation and calm down. Social psychologist Dr. Timothy Wilson has shown that when we have a clear self-narrative of what's happening to us, then we can fully accept adversity. This clarity is the first step towards healing. From here, we can use our intellectual and creative faculties to move forward. Maybe we have a constructive conversation with our friend. We know what's hurt us and can clearly communicate it. We're open to dialogue as well and feedback. Or maybe it's just realigning our relationship. Whatever be the case, having done this work, we're in the best position to make an informed decision on our path forward. Sid decided to give this a break for a few months and then he would go reach out to his friend for a coffee. He was already feeling much better. Expressive writing is really powerful in many ways. Not only does it have a cathartic effect towards adversity, done regularly, it brings about physiological changes to our health. It improves immune system, blood pressure, lung and liver functions to name a few. I find this fascinating, how the simple act of writing can have such a positive physical impact on our health. A word of caution though, for very difficult events, if writing feels overwhelming, we should stop and seek the help of a therapist. If writing doesn't work for you, you can also try speaking into a phone or a device. It has a similar effect. It helps one to move the thought forward to create a cohesive story. As an action step, you could try writing about a negative event. In the show notes, I've shared some articles on expressive writing which may be useful. In my personal experience, I've found that when an issue is weighing me down and I want to write about it, life tends to be busy and there isn't time to write. But by carrying that weight of the issue around, I'm abrupt and edgy with everyone around. It always serves me best if I can stop everything, take 5-10 to 10 minutes, write down top-of-mind emotional thoughts, let out all the steam and get back to life. I can always come back to the rest of the expressive writing later, but just getting the steam out serves me well. If this form of writing works for you, you can take this further by making journaling a regular habit. 
doing it periodically to process and reflect. Many successful folks journal regularly. Warren Buffet, Oprah Winfrey, Richard Branson, even Einstein and Leonardo da Vinci were known to journal. A good way to start is to make it easy and convenient. It could be as simple as using notes on your phone. I started journaling five years back using an app called Day One. I prefer journaling electronically because of the convenience. Through this app, I can journal either on my laptop or my phone. Apart from the convenience, I can tag and organize every entry. This allows me to easily go back to any topic and check my progress. So by looking at all entries under anger, I can see how my reactions, feelings, thoughts around anger have evolved over the five years. I can also get a sense of my patterns in different challenging situations. They are surprisingly similar. Getting this top-level helicopter view of oneself is useful in generating self-awareness. My wife Sarah prefers pen and paper. However, now that she is a mom with very little time, she has moved to day one for its convenience. Writing on pen and paper helps her process her thoughts better. But with the convenience of an electronic app, she at least gets to journal. There are many topics one can journal on. Gratitude is very popular and powerful. Many years back, when I was in a negative frame of mind, every night I journaled about five things I was grateful for. This rewired my mind towards positivity. During the day, I would search for things or events to be grateful for. Often, a smile from a barista or a joke by a taxi driver would lift my day. Other topics one can journal on are important milestones. happy experiences vision and goal setting events and many other things if any of this resonates it's a good idea to give it a try and then see what works within one's lifestyle before we close today's episode an update on sid he had a constructive conversation with his friend turns out his friend was also very uncomfortable with the situation but through this talk got to see how much sid wanted his support he found other ways to help sid they have a better understanding of each other now that's it for today's episode i hope you enjoyed it i'm really excited about the next episode we have our first guest ruchira we will talk about coaching as a life skill ruchira has worked in the corporate world academic world and is an executive coach her recent book on coaching has gotten huge global acclaim with leaders like Sheryl Sandberg endorsing her book. I hope you join me for the next episode. A reminder, all show notes can be found in howtolive.life. You can click on the episode and the show notes will be there. If you like what you hear, please do support us and subscribe. I'd love to hear from you. You can leave me voice messages by clicking the mic button on the bottom right of the page howtolive.life. You can also send me messages. Thank you for all your support and have a wonderful day ahead.